It's time to quit complaining and get involved. I'm asking you to do me, yourself, and all gun owners a favor. If you haven't already done it, sign up to be a Gun Talk True Squad member. It's free, and the sign-up is at guntalk.com. All it means is that you'll get an email from me now and then alerting you to issues. Also, it means you'll shoot an email or make a phone call when you see or hear bogus reports on gun ownership. I'll help you with the info you get as part of the True Squad. We need you on board. Welcome to Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, where a right is always a right, not a privilege. All right, they say you ought to save the best for last. I don't know if we've done that, but we've saved the most interesting for last, I can guarantee you. Hey, welcome back to Gun Talk. I'm Tom Gresham. We're at the Gun Rights Policy Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. We're bringing in some of the speakers here, and uh, two guys who uh, I've known for quite a long time, Alan Corwin from GunLaws.com. We have Jeff Knox from the Firearms Coalition. And at this point, guys, I can probably just leave. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't we'll see you, Tom. Yeah, that's fine. right. You guys got it, right? I mean, you guys have probably done between the two of you more radio than I I've done in my life. Uh, it might be close. Yeah, it, it might be close. close. Just, just, just work the board and keep your mouth shut. That's right. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I, will, I will behave over here as best I can. And uh, this is kind of like when they got Ted Nugent on. All you do is hang on and hope that you can somewhat maybe control it. And I know, you know, there is no control for you guys. Uh, let me do this. Uh, if you would... Each, I'm going to get each of you to explain kind of your niche, what you do, and then we'll t- kick it off from there. Rather than me try to do this, you guys can handle it. Alan? Uh, well, I've been a full-time writer for 25 years, and I guess my first book set the course for my career, The Arizona Gun Owner's Guide, which described all the gun laws in plain English. We've sold well over 100,000 copies. We're in our 23rd edition, and that led to guides for California, Florida, Texas, and Virginia, an unabridged guide to gun laws of America, federal guide, an unabridged guide to the Supreme Court, Supreme Court gun cases, and my 11th book, which just came out Thursday and debuted here at the Gun Rights Policy Conference, The Heller Case, Gun Rights Affirmed. We captured all the original history, all the original excitement, and anybody who wants to know what that case, how it's going to control the gun rights debate, for decades to come, it's now in a book. It's sold like crazy here at the conference. And, and it can be ordered from? Uh, you go to gunlaws.com, okay. and you can get copies in the comments box. Write, please autograph, and I see those, and I'll go ahead and do that for You'll you. You'll deface them for people? I, deface them. I had one guy once at a gun show say, you can't write in my book. He went to school too hard. <laughs> Well, I'm the author. That's right. Autograph. That's right. No, no, you don't, you don't write in books. Some librarian got to him early on in his life. I right? think books are better when you write in them. You find a George Orwell book with his notes in it. That's there, in there. Yeah, there you go. All right. So, so I guess I'm basically a freedom fighter, and I'm an author, and I've written all these gun law books. Okay. An, an important note on uh, the Heller book is uh, that that there's a, an excellent essay by Jeff Knox uh, in in the book. In the book. So, do you oh, know yeah. Jeff Knox? Yeah, I, I do. As a matter, he of plays fact. him on TV. Actually, that's right. He's playing him on the radio. Now isn't that illegal, <laughs> Jeff? Um, our uh, our histories are intertwined. Yeah, uh, I mean we are both sons of, mm-hmm. if you will. Your father was the people uh, call me a son of. Yeah, no, no, all no, no, the no time. That's, it's a different thing altogether. That's not what we're talking about right now. Uh, your father, Neil Knox, of course, was a friend of mine, but friend to gun owners. He was. 
I don't know if you'd say the original, but he was certainly an original, one of the very first gun rights warriors. And I think that's the, the way to put it. Um, way, way back, Neil was doing stuff when people didn't, they didn't even know what the fight was. Right. And he was looking way down there. You grew up in that environment, basically uh, picked up the, the flag, picked up the mantle, and, and ran with it. Well, Dad, one of the things, a lot of people now who look back on Dad um, think of him as that political guy. But, of course, he was a gun writer long before he was the political Not guy. Not just that. He was a national champion shooter. He was a national a bench champion rest shooter. Guy. He, right. was, he was a reloader, a bench rest shooter. He knew as much. Besides that, he had a, a very cool airplane, 2-2 Tango. Uh -huh. How's Absolutely. that? I remember the end number. 6-9, 2-2 Tango. 6-9, 2-2 Tango. <laughs> there you go. Now, that's pretty weird. Uh, twin Comanche. Yes. That's exactly. Uh, a Twinkie. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, Dad, Dad was a gun writer. A shooter first, right. a gun writer because he loved it, uh, and editor of Rifle and Handloader magazine. Editor of Rifle and Handloader magazines, founding editor of Gun Week mag or Gun Week newspaper, right. and uh, got sucked in. He got involved in NRA politics, and Harlan Carter uh, convinced him to go to D.C. I for three months. Convinced him. <laughs> convinced him to go to D.C. for three months, and and uh, he never and he left. Never left. Um, but uh, of course, he he passed away. Three years ago, better for all of us that he never left. By right, the way. absolutely. Uh, but he passed away three years ago, and um, I thankfully uh, happened to have had a shift in my career and what you were was doing going radio. on with me. I was doing radio in in Spokane, Washington, right. for seven years. I ran for the state legislature, lost. It hurt. I was unemployed. <laughs> uh, it was a mess, and uh, I came around, Dad and I were talking about where the Firearms Coalition was going to go and prepping me for the day when I would need to step into his footsteps and allowing him to back away and write those books that he had always talked right. about writing and so right. forth. So I went out to, to Virginia to, to help him to start taking over some of the mundane daily work to, to free him up, and by God, that's when the the doctors said, "Gee, Neil, you have cancer. Uh, it's come back, and uh, we're sorry we didn't tell you that this could happen this way when uh, when we did this." But uh, uh, ten months later, he passed away. And yeah, but you fortunately had gotten set up for the right. handoff. Yeah, and and that was the amazing thing. We hadn't been talking about this, and then a year before he passed away, we started talking about it. We started taking action on it. Uh, when Dad passed away, Mom, my my brother, my sisters, and I, we, we sat down and we looked at the organization. We looked at uh, what we had, and we said, you know, it's going to be way, way harder without Dad because he knew everything, knew everyone. The, you sure. didn't have to ever look anything up yeah. in the gun rights movement when you were talking about or when you had Neil Knox sitting there he, because he was there. Yeah, that's right. He literally was there at every turn in the gun rights movement. So now I have to spend hours researching this stuff. When I, all I, we, hey Dad, what was that guy's name yeah. who did this back when? Yeah. And, and he would have known it, I but I have it. to go dig it up. I know what you mean. It's firearmscoalition.org. Firearmscoalition.org. Uh, NeilKnox.com. If people are easier with that, there you go. Uh, but uh, we also have a, a project out there called GunVoter.org. Um, one word, gunvoter.org. Uh, we are compiling 
candidate information from all over the country, from president straight down to your local city council person, because little politicians grow up to be big politicians, yep. Yep. and we need to be paying attention to that. So I really want to sell, 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 invite everybody. Go look at gunvoter.org and add your two cents, because that's what it's all about. All right. If you add your two cents, then we'll all know more. You guys relax, because you're not going to get away from me for a while today. We're, <laughs> we're going we're to stay with you here. Uh, we're going to be right back, and we're talking to two of the most interesting and innovative thinkers in gun rights. And we've got a lot of stuff to examine. I like the way you guys think about this stuff, so don't go anywhere. I'm Tom Gresham. You're listening to Gun Talk. Built for them, built for you is more than a slogan. 70% of the small arms used by the U.S. military carry the FN brand. They've been driving firearms innovation for more than 150 years. The same precision is designed into FNH USA's line of handguns, tactical shotguns, long-range precision rifles, tactical systems, carbines, ammunition, and accessories. Built for them, built for you. Check out the FNH USA line or find a dealer near you at FNHUSA.com. If you want to shoot better or help someone get into shooting, check out GunTalkTV.com. This is Tom Gresham. For firearms basics as well as advanced instruction, you don't have to leave home. It's called Gun Talk TV, and it's firearms video instruction online at GunTalkTV.com. That's GunTalkTV.com. You'll find all kinds of instruction, plus lots of gun safety video at GunTalkTV.com. Hey, want to get that huge Brownells catalog for free? Now you can get this source for parts, cleaning products, gunsmith supplies, and tools for just a phone call. Brownells is famous for selection, service, and satisfaction. Tell them you heard about it on Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, and they'll send it to you for free. Call 1-800-741-0015. 1-800-741-0015. 1-800-741-0015. The Brownells catalog for free. 1-800-741-0015. To hit the target, you have to see the sights, right? Well, standard handgun sights were designed for target shooters. Well, that's great when you have plenty of time. But if you use your handgun for action shooting games or for personal protection, you need sights that are fast. That's the idea behind XS Sights 24-7 Express Sights. They look like the sights on dangerous game rifles, and they work the same way. A glowing front sight automatically leaps into the shallow V rear sight, which features a tritium glow-in-the-dark insert. Just bring the gun up, and the sights seem to find the target on their own. Available for most handgun models, the 24-7 Express Sights can make almost any shooter faster. Whether you're shooting in full light, half light, or low light, you'll see these sights, and you'll be on target fast. See for yourself at XSSites.com. That's XSSites.com or call 888-744-4880 for a free catalog. And tell them Tom Gresham sent you. John, I love weekends out here at the range, but with these ammo prices, I don't know if I can keep coming. Hey, why not load your own ammo? I did, and I'm saving a bunch of money. Plus, it's fun. Well, I thought of loading my own shot shells. It's easy. My mech loader works like a dream. Easy setup, too. And mech is the leading name in shot shell loaders, with models for anyone. 
from beginner to shooters who need high volume. Check them out at mechreloaders.com. Mechreloaders.com, huh? I'll do it. We just did about uh, 45 minutes of radio in the three-minute break here because we're talking with uh, Alan Corwin and uh, Jeff Knox. Either one of these guys can hold his own in any crowd with anybody. And you get the two of them and then meek and mild little old me here. Uh, we're off to the races. We're having some fun. We just did a, You guys just did a graduate course in this in three minutes. Yeah. I, I tell you. Tom Gresham, our shrinking violet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anybody with that much ammo is not mild. There you go. I just got an email from Chuck. He wanted me to ask you guys, what's the best way to communicate with Congress and other politicians? Phone calls, emails, snail mail. There was a talk about snail mail not getting through because of the anthrax thing. Any ideas? Uh, phone and email. Phone and uh, email. Absolutely. It, snail mail used to be and should be, but because of the anthrax scare, it still is being delayed. Um, someone suggested fax. Fax machines, uh, clogging up their fax machines just makes them mad. Yeah. Um, it ticks them off. Yeah. Right. And something to really remember, somebody just asked me about this in the hallway, something to really remember is that... Um, they don't really care about all the details unless you have a really moving emotional personal connection that's that's important for them to see right uh, a staffer is going to kind of scan over it or listen to you as you're talking. And they're made of two stacks, aren't they? That's, that's right. What the staffer does on the phone is she's sitting there or he's sitting there listening to you talking, and they put a little tick on a, on a notepad. That's all they do. They put a little tick in one you're column or the other. You're just a vote. That's right. You're a vote. On, on the email side, they, they scan it. Put it up in the top. Oppose HR 413. Put that in the subject support line. In the subject line. Support whatever other. It's it's uh, so that you get at least that much right out there. Anything below that is is just pretty, fill. pretty unlikely to be read. Actually, every now and then they'll print out a few of those and they'll hand them to their to their congressperson and and say here's a here's a random sampling. This is what we've pretty much been seeing. And and he'll kind of flip through it and he might. Based on that, say, okay, we'll tell them this and send out the letter. Right. And, and that's the way they get their response and so forth. But, but usually he's not ever going to see it or she's not. The, the congressperson is not going to see that. They're not going to read that. They're not going to get those details. It's just you're a vote. You're a number. Let me take a different perspective on that. Okay. The only thing that really matters is face-to-face. The reason these guys don't read email and mail and phone calls is because they're busy having FaceTime with everybody else. So you go to the places where the legislators are. We had Bob Barr here last night. Right. I got in his face for about a minute and a half. Told him what, I said, do you want the sugar-coated or do you want the real? He said, give me the real. So he got about 90 seconds of what I really thought. What would you tell him? I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um, the uh, emails and mails, I think, are important strictly in terms of quantity. Everybody's right. screaming about it's the bailout. Wait. Everybody's screaming about the bailout. The fax machines are jammed. They're angry. Good. The head should be on pikes. The, uh, the very guys who made the problem are the ones trying to solve it. Flood them with emails, with mails. 
let the tick marks pile up and it's 90 to 1. Right. That's a really good thing. But you've got to get in their faces. Well, when they come home, you can, you can tell where they're going to be. You know where they're going to be, where they're going to be at events. Show up there is what you're saying. They're at events. Sometimes you can meet them at their offices whenever they do a town hall. Um, we, we had a shoot before the gun rights policy conference. I mentioned this on the stage. We had six full-fledged politicians show up. One was a liberal Democrat from Tucson. Really? Okay. And he came up to see what the gun thing is about. Really? And we had him fire... A whole bunch of 22s. This was the National Shooting Sports Foundation First Shots program okay. for newcomers. Right. Uh, we had one guy who won his primary, a whole bunch of people. But this guy was the interesting case. He hadn't fired a gun since he was in the military. Mm-hmm. Didn't really like guns. Had no contact with it. And had a wonderful time. Sure. And then... Because shooting is fun. Shooting is fun. That's the secret weapon we have. You yeah. want to move people ahead? Get them to shoot. And he said what everybody says. He says, what's that gun? He wanted to shoot the Ford. Can I shoot that one? Can I shoot that one? So he shot a 38 hammerless carry gun. He shot a 40, a 9mm. He went away happy. And when I call him, I'll get him on the phone. And I'll ask him what you think about this bill. And then the phone call matters, but it's the FaceTime. Now, that's harder to do. If you're the type, you know, if you're a little bit more tiring, go ahead and send emails. And the other thing is this. Get it in the newspaper. They see the newspapers like you and I do. That's true. Their, their staff is clipping, the, and they look at the letters to the editor, don't that's they? That's right. right. And, and so if you're going to write that letter with all of the arguments and stuff, don't bother wasting it on the congressperson. Put, send that to your letters to the editor. And keep it to 200 words. That's right. the maximum for most letters. The My Way column is usually about 600 words, but you've got to call the editor and say, would you like to see an article on what Congressman Good really I, said? I love it that you guys are both good writers, and you understand this. Uh, Alan, we've had this conversation before. You, um, you kind of defined a new... Uh, uh, verbiage, if you will, Mm. and what to say, what not to say, how to to position things, because unfortunately, a lot of our guys are absolutely right in what they do, and they're absolutely ineffective at the way they present. (laughs) I mean, totally right and totally totally losing, you know, the whole, I mean, and you guys get that. Give us just an example, because I know you've got this on your website, and we can drive them there, but give us an example of the kind of things you're talking about. Um, I call it a politically corrected glossary. And Charles Heller, who you know, another radio host, he calls it Corwinizing the language. (laughs) Um, You should never say high-capacity magazine. You should always say normal-capacity magazine. Standard capacity. Standard capacity. You should never say semi-automatic handgun, which a lot of people think is a machine gun. They're confused about it. You should always say sidearm. And at the top of the list, I would say is... You should never say pro-gun. You should always say pro-rights. So are you pro-gun? Well, I'm pro-rights. How about you? And, and then, puts them on the defense of you're well, either pro-rights or anti-rights. Anti-right. I don't want to say I'm anti-rights. Well, I have a glossary. It's up at gunlaws.com. Um, I promote it everywhere I go, the idea that you lose the debate. If you say you're pro-gun, the other guy's anti-gun, and anti-gun's the right position if you hate guns. Guns are bad, you want to be anti-gun. You say you're pro-gun, you lose that argument on the words. But if you say you're pro-rights, pro-freedom, pro-safety, pro-self-defense, they're anti-rights, anti-freedom, anti-self-defense, and you win on the words. They kill us on the words. The media does it all the time. Ugly black gun. Yeah. No, household firearm. What do you think? Right. Uh, one of the ones that, that really bugs me and that I've been, been hammering at our side about is the word allow. 
Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, oh, I've, yes. I've Allow a, him to continue. A li- I've written a couple of uh, of, of, of make me articles you. about this that that when they when when we say we should be allowed to have guns in national right. parks, we should be allowed to carry guns in the library. What we're saying is you have the right to, to tell us that we don't or the power, and, and we're putting the burden of proof upon ourselves yep. that we have to prove that we should be able to do this and the burden of proof is the other side they want to restrict me from doing this they want to disarm me prove a good reason why you want to disarm me so what's the word substitute for that uh, it's not actually a straight across word substitute it it's it's you've got to phrase it and it's a little bit more difficult we're not talking about allowing guns in parks we're talking about ending the disarmament we have of to remove of, the restriction okay so how about this? the restrictions on firearms they in don't parks. have the power to keep me out they don't have the power to disarm me. Government doesn't have rights. They only have delegated power. You should never say right. they have the right. Absolutely. The police have the right to disarm you. No, the police have power to disarm you. And certain, you know, if they arrest you, right? But they shouldn't have the power to disarm me in the park. They don't have the power to ban guns in national parks. Excellent point. And I've allow. I got to tell you, the whole allow thing. I've stopped using that, and it's because of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you. I've I read that and I thought, that is absolutely perfect, We and we buy into it unconsciously, yes, do. not understanding the power that mm-hmm. we are giving the other side That's by right. using that phraseology. Amen, right. brother. Back, back when I was a, a very young kid, I remember seeing Howard K. Smith come on the TV and did a short editorial, and he said, we've been saying, talking about giving credit to terrorists for bombings. Oh. We have to stop using the word credit. credit. It's got to be responsibility, placing responsibility for this hijacking or this bombing instead of this group claimed credit. Right. No, this Which group is a claimed responsibility. And yes. the next day, guilty of the news from that day forward, mm. mainstream news never used the word credit really? dealing with terrorism. Howard K. Smith. Howard K. Smith. Uh, and, it, and I was probably 12 years old when I saw that. It was 1972 it or so. You, and it stuck with me. That, well, that was powerful. It's the and power it made of words. And now Absolutely. they don't use Islamofascism because of the Society for Professional Journalists says that casts a bad image on Islam. And they don't use the word jihad because that casts a bad image on Islam. Words are so critical in this debate with sometimes our own worst enemies. You're going to find me not saying allow. I yeah, like that, that, that's Jeff. That's excellent. That is great. Uh, guys, can you guys stay with us? You know, um, you, no. I, yes. I don't right. know. I'm sure. kind of hungry. Yeah, I'm going to hurt <laughs> you guys so bad. Jeff Knox from the Firearms Coalition. We've got uh, Alan Corwin from GunLaws.com. And as you can tell, um, we're having a lot of fun around here, but I think we're, uh, we're digging deep. So stay with us. I think you're going to enjoy this. We're live at the Gun Rights Policy Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm Tom Gresham. This is Gun Talk. Trust me, you're going to want your seatbelt on for the next 30 minutes. It's a wild and bumpy ride. Gun Talk, where there's more to talk about than shooting. There's reloading and hunting and self-defense, too. 
Ah, we don't have much to talk about. Nothing going on around here. Go on about your business. Especially <laughs> <laughs> with Alan Corbin and uh, Jeff Knox, uh, two of the more interesting guys. Uh, two guys who are, uh, I'm not blowing smoke guys, two of the really better thinkers about this thing. I, I, I got to share what just popped up here. Is that, are you guys okay with sure. this? I, I think sure. this was really I think good. It's a great this, is, this is from uh, Jim, actually, our producer of Gun Talk. Pops up a little note here. We're talking about. And now we're talking about using the right words and changing arguments and twisting them around and, and taking advantage of, you know. Anyway, he says, uh, why do I carry? He says, I am pro-life, mine and my family's. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. now we're talking. I'm pro-life. I'm, all, like I'm all for that. Jeff, if you would, describe uh, Firearms Coalition and the Hardcore Report for folks. Um Firearms Coalition is, as the name would imply, a coalition of individuals and organizations that uh, basically hire me to provide them with information and to lobby for them. I, I go up to, uh, to Capitol Hill and kick a few shins, go over to NRA headquarters and kick a few shins now and then. Um, it's it, because I, I believe in lobbying NRA. NRA is such a big bureaucracy. It's a bureaucracy that, in and of itself. That, that I believe in lobbying True. them just like you lobby your congresspeople. If they're not doing what you want them to do or, or they're not letting you know what they're doing or whatever it is, mm-hmm. ask. Speak let up. them know. Speak up. Uh, it's, it's your organization. And while I'm on that, I really want to say... Uh, those of you who, who get out of NRA or don't join NRA because of all the mail or because you don't like what they're doing here or you don't think they're not hardcore enough as, as we see, they are the big ship. And it's yeah. a ship that doesn't turn very easily. There are left hands and right hands on that steering wheel. And if all of the right hands jump off and get in PT boats and run around shooting at each other, the ship is going to turn to the left. And we don't want that to happen. So if you want a stronger, more effective gun rights, human rights, personal rights activity going on, you need to be a member of the NRA and you need to be be active in the NRA. And I have to add in here, before we get off of that, uh, and Jeff, nobody knows the warts and the dirty little secrets about NRA more than you and I do, and you and I both agree, and I think Alan probably agrees with us, yes, join every other group you want to join. Uh-huh. Support right. everybody you want right. to support. But at its absolute baseline, if you own a gun, you must be a member of the NRA. I mean, if, you just If you're not, you're, you're, you're dogging it. You're, you're wrong. Yeah, that's all there is to it. I, I tell you people, need to be you, there. You're sitting in the wagon letting everybody else pull you along. You've right. got to get out right. there. That's and just paying dues and being a member isn't enough. You've got to participate. Certainly. Uh, we're, we're, we're out there fighting for our rights. The Firearms Coalition, um, what, what we do, we run a couple of websites. I, I mentioned gunvoter.org. That's an important one that we're really trying to get moving. We work with the grassroots. We try and help coordinate them. There's some infighting going on in the states. Anybody who's active and involved knows that. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I have played intermediary between two or three different organizations that just can't get along and get them all on the same page and moving in the same direction and suddenly they've got an effective effort going on where they used to be clashing heads and and not being effective but i have a newsletter that goes out every other month uh... it's uh... our membership is look at what we're doing if you like what we're doing send me a nickel to keep me doing it Um, we don't have 
formal membership. We don't. Uh, th- there's no paperwork involved, really. It's, it's give, give what you can or what you think it's worth give, to you. Yeah. Pay what you think it's worth. And, and you know, if you can't be active in the gun rights movement, your checkbook can be active in the gun rights movement, and and that's that's an important contribution. It occurs to me that both you guys, and I'll let you ju- jump into that, but both of you guys do very similar thing, and I. Early on, I dubbed it intellectual ammunition. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what you guys provide so that others can go out into this battle. You're both feeding them the ammo. That's what we try and do. And if you see the banner under there, arming the grassroots is, is part of what yeah. we talk about. And it's arming them with that intellectual ammunition, the knowledge. And, and one of the other things that I really pride our organization about is that it's not hype. It's not fluff. It's not fundraising with some information attached. It's information. It's it's clear, concise, and from a perspective that you might not see it otherwise. And and I think that there's there's a lot of value to that. It was very difficult for me to learn how to do that yeah. from from Dad. It took a lot of editing, and and he still your dad, edits by the way, is one, one of the one of the best writers and editors. And of course, as you well know, I followed along behind him as editor of Rifle and Handloader magazines. Right, and Trust me, you can't live. Well, you know better than I do. You don't. You don't live up to Neil Knox. No, you just don't. No. You know, it occurs to me you're doing exactly the same thing. You're providing the same ammunition. You're providing this, the data, the the talking points, whatever, with all your books. Let me uh, provide a little balance to an earlier comment. Uh, I I see and know the warts on the Brady Group and the Violence Policy Center, and they have a lot of warts going, too. Yeah, they do. A lot of infighting. You don't want to show the infighting in public. You don't air your dirty laundry. And while you have to join the big groups, I'm a big advocate of joining the little groups. Yeah. Uh, up at gunlaws.com, we have a national directory to every gun law in the nation, but also to all the gun rights groups, state by state. Mm-hmm. You join your local group. That's mm-hmm. where you really JPFO. get JPFO. Jews oh. for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership. Arizona. I spoke to a Jewish group recently. They couldn't believe these people existed. Really? The Jews <laughs> don't really like JPFO because... They're basically pacifists and leftists which and liberals. Is, which is hard to understand. It's, I tried to examine it, really it there. Is. We had one guy who was absolutely adamantly against guns unless the police had them. Yeah, pink Very, pistols. Pink you know, pistols. And by the way, you don't, have to be, you don't have to be gay and lesbian to be a member of Pink Pistols. But it you helps. You have to be supportive. <laughs> but <know>? it helps. <laughs> you know? So, there you go. Well, there, there is a subtle difference because my fo- people think of me as, as the gun guy sometimes, but my focus really is on gun law. Right. You, you can do this. You can't do that. I watch the bills as they go. People sign up at gunlaws.com for my newsletters, and I try and keep them focused on what it is. And just so you know, Jeff, I steal your stuff all the time. You're very often <laughs> you too, ahead huh? of me. <laughs> You're ahead of me, and I get the news, and then I put it out to my list, and I credit you, and hopefully uh-huh. there's some cross-pollination. Right. But it's those little groups where you can go down, break bread, hang out with guys, talk guns, talk law, really have an effect, and, and get it going. Uh-huh. And, and, and along with the national groups, it's that state group, your local state grassroots yep. group here yep. in Arizona, AZCDL, Virginia, VCDL, uh, the the grassroots North Carolina, whatever it is. Okay, groups. hold on. We got the break. I know you guys know breaks, all right? Hold on what you got here. I got We're, no breaks. You got no breaks. There you go. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
portion of Gun Talk is brought to you by Harrington and Richardson, H&R 1871, America's single-shot experts, hunting as an ancient and respected tradition, and the skilled and self-confidence single-shot hunter represents the pinnacle of that tradition. For generations, Harrington and Richardson has contributed to the success of that hunter. When one shot has to count, hunters count on Harrington and Richardson, H&R 1871. When you finally know what you want in a 1911, it's time to step up to a Springfield Armory custom-loaded 1911A1. These babies come with the works. Starting with the time-proven 1911, these pistols include many of the high-end features that make Springfield the 1911 of choice for the country's most demanding users, like the FBI's elite SWAT teams and hostage rescue team. Features include Novak low-mount tritium sights, beaver tail grip safety, titanium firing pin adjustable speed trigger, ILS integral lock system, loaded chamber indicator, and much more. Of course, every custom-loaded 1911 comes with the exclusive Springfield Armory limited lifetime warranty. With Springfield Armory, you can have it your way. Pick a full-size, mid-size, or micro-compact custom-loaded Springfield from the extensive list of models, calibers, and options. Call 1-800-680-6866 or visit SpringfieldArmory.com. Someone once compared sporting plays playing golf with a shotgun. When was the last time golf was this exciting? Every station offers a different challenge, but they all have one thing in common. The action is fast, and you have to earn every broken target. Not what you expected? Think of shooting a try. Find out how, where to get started, and much more at huntandshoot.org. Hey shooters, Taurus does it again. This time they've recreated the most famous gallery gun of all time. The Winchester Model 62 Pump Action 22 Rim Fire. Only now it's even better. Sure, the Taurus Model 62 has a classic corncob 4N great wood to metal fit and a takedown action, but now it has a more reliable feeding mechanism, button rifling for accuracy, and the built-in Taurus security system. Check out the Taurus Model 62 and the Model 72 in 22 Magnum at TAURUSUSA.com. Your AR-15 should be a sound investment, and Stag Arms has you covered. Made from forged aircraft-quality aluminum, Stag is one of the most durable and dependable rifles in the world. Makers of the only true left-handed carbine, Stag Arms has been tested and battle-proven by elite SWAT teams. Every component is made in the USA, so you get the highest quality, whether left or right-handed. Each Stag Arms rifle carries a lifetime warranty, too. Call 860-229-9994 or go online at stagarms.com. Okay, I guess we'll open the mics again. It's, uh, I mean, maybe safe. <laughs> I wouldn't bet on that. <laughs> maybe safe. safe. I don't have a safe. Yeah, holy moly. Um, one of these days, guys, one of these days. We're visiting All with right. uh, Jeff Knox from the Hardcore Report, Firearms Coalition, uh, Alan Corwin, gunlaws.com. Uh, lots of books there. If you want to know about the gun laws of your state, there's a decent chance that Alan has them there. He's certainly got the... Uh, the Supreme Court gun cases, and now the newest book, the Heller case, which is, let me see, the Heller case gun rights affirmed, exclamation point, about 96 Supreme Court gun cases expanded. Okay, you can pay me later. How's that? This book came out Thursday, debuted here at the Gun Rights Policy Conference. We had advance orders. We sent seven trucks in seven directions from the print plant. Uh, 
I, I won't even tell you all that's happening with it, but we sold buckets of them here at the show. People want to know what the Heller case is. The actual case is in there, of course, right. but with 400 quotations highlighted, so you don't have to wade through the legalese. And then there's plain English descriptions. We've got 20 first-rate experts, including Alan Gura, who was Heller's lawyer, right. Bob Levy from the Cato Institute, who funded the whole thing. I captured the original intent. Who privately funded the whole thing, not from through Cato. No, not through Cato. He, right. he happens yeah, to point. be a senior good fellow point. at Cato. Yeah, and, right. and now he reached actually, in his own pocket to do this. That's, that's right. Well, he made a lot of money. He decided this was important, went ahead and did it. The Heller case is going to turn things upside down on both sides. My favorite part <laughs> yeah. of the book, my favorite part are the two contrarian essays. There are two essays in there that say Heller will be the end of gun rights in America. And they make a very good point. And it's things we have to watch out for. Yep. We've got the Brady Group, Helmke. We've got Sarah Brady, uh, the Violence Policy Center, what their strategies and positions are going to be. And this is day one, and we're moving forward. Well, it came out four days ago. I wrote it with Dave Kopel, who was also co-counsel for Dick Heller. Right. I was in the courtroom as a guest of the court. It was just an amazing time. We wrote all that stuff up. And my friend Bob Blackmer, who convinced me to go, I called everybody I knew to try and get a seat. How do you get a seat at the Supreme Court? And I reached one attorney who said, try the marshal's office. I spoke to them. My Supreme Court book is in their library. Uh -huh. I said, Bob and I are coming in from Phoenix. Can we get two seats? And they wrote back the next day, we'll give you one seat. One seat. You got it. And we were ready to sleep outside. So I looked at Bob and I said, <laughs> well, one of us is sleeping outside, Bob, and you're 20 years younger than yeah, me. Yeah, I guess who gets that one, yeah. And he had quite an adventure. He wrote that up, and that's in here, too. It started to rain. I mean, the whole thing. i got to say, one of the more interesting comments, and... When Alan Gura showed up here, oh, was that he, great? He's like the rock star of the place. Right, uh, got an ovation that yeah, wouldn't just quit. I mean, explosive standing ovation. He made the comment that was very interesting. Uh, he said, "Those on the other side are arguing, and they think that Heller is a very limited case, and it doesn't yes. really have legs." Made a note about that. But then that. he said, "They are in for a rude awakening." I hope he's right, but I'm not sure. There have been six or eight cases so far with Heller as a citation. They're mostly dirtbag, bottom-feeding maggots trying to get out of punishment. Right. And Those cases courts, are actually going to hurt, uh, you know, because you can establish precedence the wrong way. If you don't they, have, if and he made that precedent. point. Yeah. Some of these pro se cases where people bring their own cases, they're wild cards, they don't know what they're doing, they can't get any support from anybody in the gun community, so they think they're going to defeat the federal prosecution machine. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Uh, the cases that have been heard so far, the courts go, well, this law is perfectly okay under Heller, and it is. You can't stick up a liquor store. Right. But they're using Heller well, against us. You, you make the right. point right here. I'm looking at uh, Jeff's uh, hardcore report. Heller in a handbasket, you call it. Yeah. Same deal. Yeah. And, 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 and those those cases, a lot of most of them are simply saying, well, you cited Heller and... Heller doesn't doesn't, doesn't apply say that doesn't apply or right. or specifically reject it, but there are a couple of cases and one important case that actually uses Heller to prove that you can't do that or that you can't have that or you can't and and that I have a real problem with I'm I'm real concerned about that and it, I I'm a little bothered that. Um, that that the the pro rights attorneys are not a little more bothered by by that. But then again, I'm not a lawyer. Lawyers and judges, there's there's a whole different mindset, mindset. there, yep. and and I don't really comprehend it sometimes. Yep. I look and I say, well, 
what part of shall not be infringed is confusing to you. No, no, that's not the right logic. And look at the First Amendment. It says Congress shall make no law. Even right. in colonial times, they understood you couldn't libel a person. Copyright, you can't infringe a person. Right. You can't threaten a person. Treason is largely a speech crime. Congress shall make no law. No. The, the things are written in absolute terms, but shall not be infringed includes take your gun away when you're arrested for anything. There you go. And that's mm -hmm. legit. Absolutely. Right. One of the things, as we head to the break, i got to tell you, one of the things I thought was fun was that uh, we had Bob Barr, a candidate for president here last night, at a party where people are wearing guns concealed and openly. Open. That's not a bad thing. And nobody got hurt and nobody ran speeding right. from the room and it was all good. But Hold he's on. a libertarian. There you go. Hold on a second here, guys. We're at the uh, Gun Rights Policy Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm Tom Gresham. This is Gun Talk. And boy, are we having fun. We're back with you here. I'm visiting with uh, Jeff Knox, who's Alan Corwin has fled. He's left the room. <laughs> Now's our chance. All right, let's go. There we go. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me just say something here. Um, and this is just a personal deal. Uh, as you know, I, I knew Neil. Uh, I worked with him on some things, some of the secret stuff uh, back in the uh, Jimmy Carter uh, campaign and all. And we were kind of behind the scenes on some things. Um uh, If he didn't tell you, uh, he would tell you he's very proud of you, because I can guarantee you that you're doing really good work. So, Thank you, Tom. Yeah. Thank uh, you. That means a lot. Uh, I, can just, I, can, I can tell you that. You're doing great stuff, and what you've done is take an area which was open. Because, and people think, well, the whole, all the gun rights is being taken care of. Well, right. not really. Furthering that... There are openings everywhere for everybody, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's something for everyone to do, and uh, everyone can make a difference. And those guys, especially especially those guys who, who have the time, who have freed up, and can go down and haunt the halls of, uh, of, of the local capital, yeah. um, or can write those extra letters, can, can participate, um, there's a new model out there email has really opened up a new model of grassroots involvement um, all it takes is a couple of dedicated guys and and all it takes is one guy who knows what he's doing mm -hmm. and preferably a couple of guys who are willing to learn how to do that and to, to help him out and follow him around who has the time the knowledge the the ability to um, focus in on this stuff and go down to the Capitol and, and build friendships and relationships with, with legislators and staff. You can be a movement. Right. And you just have those one or two guys, but then you start building a, uh, uh, an email list around those one or two guys right. so that when they go and talk to uh, uh, Commissioner Smedley right. that, and Commissioner Smedley isn't really convinced, they can get on the BlackBerry or pop in and, and get on the computer and send out a little email flash to all of the members and now Commissioner Smedley gets 2,000 emails yeah. that quick yeah, or 2,000 phone, phone calls. Just melts down. Right. And now he knows that 
I really need to listen to what these guys are saying, and they're they're really bringing something. Alan, and that's important. That we're talking about the ability now with technology to build a force, one or two or three people who know how to use the internet, who know how to maneuver and get people together. All of a sudden, you're a force, and you can do things at the state house. One of the problems with it, though, is as Dad used to say, uh, uh, organizing gun guys is like herding cats. You bet. Uh, that that they're all very headstrong. They all have a direction that they want to go, and and it's really important that that those, especially those in leadership. Those who are actually going and talking to the legislators, those who are sending out those email alerts and stuff, be talking to each other and understand what's going on and make sure they're not stepping on each they're other's coordinating. toes. They've got to coordinate at least a little bit. And, and even... Even when they're going different directions, as long as they know in advance that they're that not they're working across purposes, going well, different directions, that they're not hurting each other. What, what I've always said is that the folks on the other side seek validation of their ideas, and the folks on our side don't need to join groups because they self-validate. They know that they're That's right. right. They you know, it's an interesting deal. All right, I give each of you ten seconds before we get out of here. Whatever you want. Um, I'm going to do a commercial. Okay, good. The, the Firearms Coalition, firearmscoalition.org, uh, gunvoter.org. Come by, visit us, see what it's about, order up the newsletter. We'll send it to you for free, a couple of issues, but then uh, then send us some money and help us do this because it's Alan. important. If you want to reach me, you have any personal questions about gun laws, just go to gunlaws.com. You can look at our books. I've got position papers up there. You can get my politically corrected glossary learn the words it'll make a difference and I have a button on the home page called tactics that work and it's all kinds of ideas for moving the cause ahead there you like go like I said just sign yeah. up for my email you guys are the best thank you so much for being here oh, my thank you Tom you're doing a all great right. service to the country everybody get out there get motivated and do it let's go